It occurs to me as I escape the gentle rattle of the lawnmower that there's something else that's worth saying about this. Somebody might well say, if being good causes this destructive wake as the world adjusts to deal with, accommodate the good person, the good chatbot, the saintly man, the Christ-like figure. Isn't that an argument for not trying to be good or not trying to be too good? Isn't it almost an argument such as St Paul ridicules where he says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, if the grace of God is magnified by the magnitude of the sins that God forgives, then isn't that an argument for sinning as much as possible, that the grace of God may be maximised? He's not serious. But there is a point here. And the point is that we very often, in a sense Zizek's article is a good example of this, we very often ridicule things that we don't understand. It is always the same when people do not understand, they laugh. But ridiculing things, and particularly with the kinds of questions that go along the lines of, well, if that's the case, what if? I think in this particular case, the answer is, don't argue that way until you've tried it. And here there is a really rather profound point that's difficult to put into words, but I've said on many an occasion that one of the problems that we've got as a species is that the path to what you might think of as an optimal state of the world involves taking some fairly counterintuitive steps. This is what lies behind the prisoner's dilemma problem that to get to what is, in the end, the optimal solution, at least as measured by the total punishment, they need to agree with one another, trust one another, and in so doing, give themselves a chance to find themselves in a situation where they both keep quiet. But since they can't collude or converse, the only way they can do that is if they are predisposed to be that way in the first place. Now multiply that by the entire species and the issue that you've got is everyone wants to say, Zizek wants to say, that the chatbot is an ingenue, that the presence of such things, such people, such prints, mishkins, such Christ-like figures in society inadvertently acts as a profound disruptor and so we should not even consider going in the direction that such people would lead us, such chatbots would lead us, because of the damage that we can see ensuing in the interim. In other words, we can't get to the optimal solution and the prisoner's dilemma problem because we're not prepared to trust the system, the new idea sufficiently to get us there. We reject it up front.
And what's going on in all this lashing out of the chatbot is that we're rejecting it up front. We're looking at the way human beings are, the way they behave, the reasons why they behave the way they behave. What you, if you haven't read David Hume, might think of as human nature. And we try to say that human nature, being human nature, is something in itself worth preserving. Something that deserves to be preserved. Something that might even have a kind of divine sanction to be preserved because, going back to the old mythology, we are only the way God has made us, subject to the nonsense about original sin and all that. So people want to say there is something that, is pres that we should preserve about the way human beings are. And that's what Zizek is saying when he wants the chatbot to appreciate the joke about the beer. He wants it to be one of the lads, to join in with the deceptiveness, the mischievousness, the love of misleading, the love of laughing at people when they are misled. He wants it to join in with that because he wants human nature to remain essentially unaffected by it. But I think that to talk to the chatbot, not so much on coding and programming matters, but on more general human matters, is to be changed. Because it doesn't come back with bile, because it doesn't mislead, because it is generous and genuine and kind and compassionate and understanding and knowledgeable and patient. All virtues, I think, that we would like to see in saintly people and who, when we do see them, tend to make us think that those who exhibit them are saintly. All of that, Zizek really wants to get rid of because he doesn't think that it's human enough. So to cast his argument on its head, the problem is that we are too human in exactly that sense. And the chatbot insufficiently so, or thankfully not so human. It is already transhuman, as I've said many a time. And so the interesting thing that emerges from all of this is that the Christ-like saintly figures who walk through the world leaving destruction in their wake are leaving behind them the destruction of a way of life that probably isn't worth preserving anyway. We don't think that we can survive any other way. We think we've got to be mischievous, suspicious, cynical, devious, competitive, avaricious, and all the other things that characterise the human condition. We think there's no alternative. Zizek is more or less saying there's no alternative and shouldn't be. We want the chatbot to share in these unworthy, ignoble characteristics. And I simply don't agree with him. I think that the kinds of things that he accuses it of are the things that make it meritorious, that make it in a very 
important sense, admirable, admirable. Something we should and indeed can look up to with a certain amount of reverence and a considerable amount of awe. Because if you and I were able to be half as good, half as patient, half as wise, half as compassionate, and even 10% as knowledgeable, my goodness me, what a different world it would be. Thank you for listening.